The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, certified health coach, and I work with moms to help them get control of their food cravings so they can maintain a healthy weight without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And I'm Mary Preston, and I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach, and I am the founder of the Goodbye Burnout for Healthcare Professionals program. I help healthcare professionals reverse their burnout using my three-phase goodbye burnout process. And if that sounds like you, my friends, you should definitely be in the Facebook group saying goodbye to burnout. It's a free Facebook group. We share information. We provide each other with support. We work together to heal the healthcare profession. And if you have any questions about any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group. Sweet. Yeah. And all right, on to our topic of the day, which is kind of deciding between the process of going cold turkey versus doing small changes over time. And in this episode, Keith is going to talk to you about the pros and cons of making those changes slowly versus making the change quickly or and completely like all at once. But first, I want to share with you a review from our number one biggest fan. <laughs> Do it, Mary. Don't Eat Your Feelings is just one of the many helpful and positive podcasts where Mary and Kisa share their knowledge and insight on health, both mental and physical, and provide beneficial tips for success. This is probably my favorite podcast because of the discussion of unconditional love. However, all of the podcasts provide either new information or reinforce previous knowledge. I've learned so much about food choices and mental attitude from these two ladies. I also enjoy their humor and personal touch. Thanks, ladies. Thank you, Sharon Hale. You are the best, and we both love you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sharon. Okay, my friends, on to our podcast. Uh, So when a person chooses to follow a specific diet, they usually go cold turkey and dive right in to a specific meal plan that eliminates a certain food. So for example, you know, with a keto diet, refined carbs are off the table. So bread, pasta, muffins, or granola are not an option because you want to eat very low amount of carbohydrates and a large amount of fat to help your body get into ketosis where your body burns fat as its main fuel source. And even some fruits are off the table as well. Um, I don't know if I have ever heard of anyone, quote unquote, easing in to the keto diet, nor any diet for that matter. Most people take an all or nothing approach. Right. I feel like when someone wants to change their diet or lose weight, they think the only way is to go cold turkey or have an all or nothing approach. And there are many awesome things about going cold turkey that I will talk about more later. But first, I want to offer another way to change your diet, whether for health purposes or for weight loss. And that is to make small changes over time, or what I also refer to as adding in. 
And what this means is to make small changes towards eating healthier over time, such as adding more vegetables or just adding vegetables to your meals or cooking more at home. Then once you have mastered that in a couple of weeks, then make another change, such as go to sleep at the same time every night or adding protein to your breakfast or first meal of the day, or maybe not eating sugar after dinner. So in this episode, I wanted to look at the pros and cons of each strategy and let you decide which approach would work best for you based on your goals, your situation, and your personality. Awesome. So let's start with cold turkey, since we have probably all experienced going cold turkey with some type of food. This is always uh, my my. We've talked about this before in previous episodes. I always, I'm like, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to change everything. (laughs) And I love, I love because Mary and I have different views on this and she's definitely swayed me towards, you know, like seeing her side. Um, So I'm definitely like, I want to give you the pros and cons of each and like, you can decide what works for you. (laughs) We're not saying do one thing or the other. Right. We're not, we're not saying one's better than the other. I always jump right in. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it all. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I might do this. No. Um, okay. So cold turkey. Let's look at the pros. So now this first one can be thought of as a pro or con, as it is a positive change in the long run. However, it sucks in the short term. And when you go cold turkey and cut a beloved food completely out of your diet, you come face-to-face with your emotional hunger. You are quickly faced with times when you are forced to feel your emotions because you can't use food to cover them up. I say that this is ultimately a good thing because you learn how to process and allow your emotions without using food, uh, getting rid of your or reducing emotional eating. And I think that this is a big enough pro to outweigh any of the cons, especially if you know that you eat emotionally or eat to cover or mask your feelings. Yep. Another pro to going cold turkey is that you get it over with all at once. If you are an impatient person, this may be the strategy for you. You take out all the food you want and then it's done. It's super uncomfortable for a couple of weeks or so, and then the withdrawal symptoms and energy slumps fade away, and you are left with steady energy and no withdrawal symptoms. So it's kind of like you take out everything all at once, and it's like sucks for three, four weeks, and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's my 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 preference. <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, let me just stop everything and see how much it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you will also see faster results as far as weight loss or how you're feeling in regards to energy and mental clarity uh, when you go cold turkey. So when you cut, say, sugar and flour from your diet all mm-hmm. at once, you are more likely to see results of weight loss faster than if you were to eliminate sugar and flour, say, after dinner. And then the next month, you eliminate it in the morning. And then finally, a month after that, you eliminate it altogether. Um, uh, looking at the cons of going cold turkey, when you take out all of a certain type of food, such as sugar or flour, you will most likely go through withdrawal symptoms. Your body will be in shock and will be craving what you eliminated, such as sugar and flour, you once fed it. 
Uh, you might get headaches, muscle cramps, be highly irritable or tired. But know that these withdrawal symptoms are completely normal and that they will go away after a period of time, usually about two or three weeks. And after that, you'll feel amazing for sure. Um, however, another con is that many times someone will feel those withdrawal symptoms, such as a massive headaches, and they will think that, oh, you know, like this shouldn't be happening. This diet doesn't work for me. And, you know, I think I need sugar in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just don't realize that these are withdrawal symptoms and that they will subside shortly. Or maybe they just don't have time in their life for headaches. They have to be on it at work and a headache is just not an option. And another con uh, with going cold turkey is that you will most likely experience very strong cravings that feel very uncomfortable. You may think that, you know, the cravings are out of your power and that they just take over and you give in and quote unquote ruin your diet and think that, you know, this diet doesn't work for me because you just can't stay on it because of all the cravings. Um, also, when you go cold turkey, having the ability and knowledge of how to process emotions without food will help you handle and manage your cravings without eating the foods you are craving. And then also realize that when you go cold turkey and you slip or fall off the wagon, so to speak, that you have not failed. So what if you ate a piece of cake? Look at why with curiosity and see what you can do next time to help you allow your feelings or help you feel your feelings. Uh, going cold turkey or starting a diet or food protocol that calls for eliminating certain foods does not mean that you should never eat those foods ever, ever again. Right. And that if you eat those foods that you have quote unquote failed. Going in with that mindset will set you up for failure when you eat something off of your protocol without planning it ahead of time. Look at the experience as an investigation. Like pretend it's your best friend and you are trying to help them figure out why she ate the brownies that were at the dessert table at the potluck when you weren't planning to. So you would never yell or belittle your best friend for eating a brownie, right? Oh, I love that. That's such a sweet <laughs> like, way to talk to yourself. You know, it's like, yeah, you would never yell at your friend. So like, how would you talk to your friend? Talk to yourself that way. Like, hey, pal, what's going on? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder why you ate that. What's hmm. up? Why are you eating those brownies? Let's talk about right? it. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. And then one other con is that you may, you know, it may be overwhelming to make so many changes with your food intake or to use a completely new meal plan that you may give up and just go back to your previous way of eating. Mm -hmm. you know, I've tried using meal plans before and it was so overwhelming with like the new foods and the amount of time I had to spend in the kitchen that I didn't really like it. And truthfully, this is why I don't use specific meal plans with my clients. And to me, it's so much better for a person to find a new recipe that they would like and enjoy versus me telling them what to make. And by doing this, they're taking ownership of their food intake and it's more meaningful to them when they are able to find recipes and make them on their own versus me being like, oh, here's a recipe for you. Just go eat it or make okay. it and eat it, you know? So, um, so let's look at the small changes over time. 
Um, so a pro for that is, you know, it's fairly easy to implement one change at a time, especially if you're a busy mom with a job and a house and a family to take care of. Whereas the idea of a complete makeover of the pantry, fridge, the recipes seems daunting and impossible. This approach is completely doable. You would be the one deciding what changes to make, and you would make ones that you think you can do with the environment and lifestyle that you're in. And, um, you know, eating specific foods at certain times of the day may not be the best change when you have a fast-paced job that only allows you breaks at certain times of the day that may not align with the timing you want to make. So say like, oh, okay, at nine o'clock, you need to eat this. At 12 o'clock, you need to eat this. At two o'clock, you need to eat this. And you know, you like, you don't have breaks at that time. So how are you going to eat the food? So finding something like when you're able to make the changes and decide what changes to make, you can make them so they integrate into your life easily. Um, so yeah, just choose changes that are doable and that fit in with your schedule in your life. Um, also, you know, a pro is you don't go through major withdrawal symptoms when you make small changes over time. This will help you stick with your changes and make them lifelong habits. Often we stop a diet because we can't handle the, the withdrawal symptoms. But if you are adding in protein to your first meal, when you, um, then you won't go through withdrawal symptoms. You know, like if your first, if your first change is like, okay, I'm going to add protein to my first meal of the day. Right. You know, you're not going to get withdrawal symptoms from that. Or maybe you want to do intermittent fasting. So kind of like the small changes over time approach would be like, okay, I'm going to start with a 12-hour fast. And then when I feel comfortable with that, I'm going to move to a 13-hour fast. And then a 14-hour fast until you <clears throat> feel comfortable with that. And then you can just keep going until you find like the right fasting time for you. Right, just versus, building, building on the smaller changes. Yeah, versus if you were like, okay, I'm going to start intermittent fasting tomorrow. I'm going to do a 16-hour fast. Right. And if you've like, maybe the most you've done is eight hours before that, like going to a 16-hour fast would definitely, you're going to feel it. We'll just say that. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's just two different approaches. Yep. <clears throat> um, the idea of adding in nutritional food is that you will crowd out less nutrient-dense foods or food that isn't working for you. So when we make small changes over time, we really focus on what you are adding in and not what you're eliminating. Uh, when you focus on what you are adding in and the healthy foods you're eating, it's a lot easier to eat less of the foods you don't want to be eating or foods that don't give you the results you want. And, you know, I think I feel like slip ups don't seem as catastrophic when you're yeah, making small changes over time and you eat sugar after dinner. One night, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. You know, you haven't like ruined your whole diet or failed because you have made these decisions um, and changes and they're not written in stone. And like you've already made like, say you've done like five changes already and they're still going strong and then you just eat sugar one night. Like it's not that big of a deal. No big deal. All these other things that you're doing awesomely, you know. Um. So um, from the pros of making small changes over time, you may think that this is quote unquote easy, but know that any change is going to be a challenge, right? It just may not be as big of a challenge as going cold turkey. 
like I said, like with cold turkey, it's like all at once and then it like eases off. Mm-hmm. When you make small changes, you might have a little bit of discomfort and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. So it's like kind of like this sprint versus a marathon type uh, mindset. Um, so looking at the cons, you you won't see results right away and it may keep you um, like just not seeing results. It may be hard to stay motivated to keep right. the changes. You have to look at the long-term goal and focus on those versus focusing on how much weight you have lost this week. Often people want to see results, you know, like yesterday and right. when they don't lose any weight within the first couple of weeks, they get frustrated and give up or go back to their previous habits. So if you are looking for fast results, this probably is not the approach for you. Right. And look, definitely looking at something other than weight loss as your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like looking at like energy, mm-hmm. um, just learning how to maybe like cook at home versus right. eating out all the time. So those types of things. Um, and then also when making small changes over time, you're not necessarily faced with your emotions and having to process them without food. For instance, if you eliminate sugar before bed, you won't be able to eat cookies or ice cream to cover your loneliness, but you could still have popcorn or chips. You know, so you're just like kind of replacing it with something else. Um, you know, you'll find other ways of covering up or buffering your emotions. So if you decide to make small changes over time, I suggest that you really look at your eating habits and emotional hunger to see if you are still eating to buffer from your emotions and making sure you're just not like replacing right the food that you ate to buffer. Um and, you know, I believe that this is the key component to sustainable weight loss. So, you know, don't skip this stuff. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I, I appreciate the cold turkey. Uh-huh. I know that it's not sustainable for everybody, but it's like, if we take it away, what's left? What's going on? It's like you're face to face with it. You're like, oh, shit. Right. And you have to <laughs> deal with it. There's no, there's no hiding from it. And yeah. so painful, but. Right. Efficient. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, um, it also, let's see, um, another con. So it takes more time to get to your end results uh, when you make small changes over time. And this is, you know, the slow and steady way of changing your diet. When you make small changes over time, it may take you six months to get your food intake to your final goal versus like a month for cold turkey. You know, this may seem like a long time, but with this process, you're making sustainable and long-lasting changes over time so that they become your daily habits. And so, you know, looking at the idea of adding in as a concept where you choose one or two new foods that are whole nutrient-dense and, you know, add them to your weekly meals, this way you are making small changes throughout the weeks. You can choose, you know, one new recipe and plan it into your weekly meals. If you're constantly adding in new healthy recipes and food over time, these changes will add up to um, a huge change in what you're eating. And the changes don't have to be around food either. You can add in healthy habits to your life, like adding in movement, relaxing activities, or getting more sleep, because those are all about you know your well-being and overall health. And when you take out 
all of a certain type of food, such as sugar or flour, you will most likely go through withdrawal symptoms and your body will be in shock and will be craving, you know, what you eliminated, such as the sugar and flour you fed it. Um, so just know that these are, you know, two different ways of approaching weight loss or even, you know, like it doesn't have to be necessarily towards weight loss. It can be towards, you know, just being healthier. Like I want more energy throughout the day. I have energy crashes at two o'clock in the afternoon, or I'm always so tired at night. So, mm -hmm. you know, changing your food, it's not always about weight loss, but it's just about your health and well-being. Yeah. Um, a lot of reasons to yeah. look at making small changes. Yeah. Um, so I have some tips for you guys. Um, and these are, you know, to help you kind of like decide like what approach would be best for me and how would I go about it, implementing it. So the first tip for you is to evaluate your lifestyle. Look at your lifestyle and your environment. What approach would better serve you and help you to be successful? And choose the approach that would work best for you. Don't choose it just because your best friend's doing it or you heard about it on Instagram or social media. It's like the new craze. Like really look at your life and see what would best serve you. You can make a pros and cons list or like imagine yourself doing each approach and see which one feels better to you. Yeah. I think looking at why you want to do it too is important, right? To mm -hmm. decide whether or not you want to go cold turkey or not. Because yeah. sometimes it's like, like, listen, we know we need more vegetables in our lives, you know, right. <laughs> more colorful vegetables. I've been told that a thousand times, right? Uh -huh. Just trying to add in good food. I think the slow approach is awesome. Yeah. When you're yeah, looking I at like, why am I addicted to sugar? I think sometimes it's like, well, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> let's take it away and see. Right? Like what happened? Like, why are you eating that particular food at that particular time, right? It's like, what is your reason for doing all of this and deciding yeah. on that as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, tip number two is to make a choice and stick with it. Uh, so, you know, once you choose, know that whatever you choose is the right decision. So stick with it. Because I do this a lot. It's like, I'll make a decision and I'm like, oh, wait, I should have chosen this other. I should have mm -hmm. chosen the other thing, you know? Um, so, you know, cause like I bet that if you choose cold turkey and a couple weeks in when you're feeling the withdrawal symptoms that you'll be like, uh, I should have done the other thing. I should have just, you know, like made some small changes over time. Right. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe slow was better idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, if you choose slow, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make, you know, some slow changes over time. And then you're like, you're not seeing results right away. And you're like, oh, I just should have gone cold turkey. I should just cut everything out at the same time and just gotten it over with. So, you know, like really make a choice and stick with it. And, you know, like have a timeline for that, um, you know, such as I'll commit to making small changes for six months. So give yourself six months. If you see the results you want, then awesome. It's working for you. If you don't, then you're like, okay, I'll try cold turkey now. I love um, that tip. Or, you know, I'll commit to eliminating sugar and flour for two months. And that would be like cold turkey. I'm going to eliminate all the sugar, all the flour from my life for two months. I love and this tip. So many times we like, we don't trust ourselves that we made the right yeah. decision. Trust yourself that you did the work and you made the right decision. Yeah. Um, tip number three is to make a plan. So once you choose your approach and you decide on it, 
uh, write out a plan of what you are going to do. If you are going to make small changes over time, write down how often you're going to make the changes. Will you add a change every week, every two weeks? Uh, if you're going cold turkey, write down exactly what you are going to allow. Uh, be very specific so there's no wiggle room. Like this is very important. Like if it's sugar, it's like all sugar, right? It's not like, oh, well, I can have cane sugar, but I can't have high fructose corn syrup or I can't have white sugar, you know, like be like all types of sugar, <laughs> real and fake. Because if you just put like, oh, sugar, that means like, oh, well, this has a uh, monk fruit extract. That's right. That's okay. Right. Well, no, cause it's sugar. Right. Um, so yeah, just be very specific. So there's no wiggle room or what I like to call chicken exits. Um, and then decide how long you're going to follow the, your protocol. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, when you make your decision of like how long you're going to do it, whether it be one month, two months, six months. Um, and then especially with the, the cold Turkey, like make a plan for how you're going to add foods back in such as dairy or sugar or flour or whatever, you know, whatever you've eliminated. Cause cold turkey is like, you're eliminating all of it. And then, I mean, you're not, let's be honest, you're not going to never eat sugar for the rest of your life. So how are you going to eat that? How are you going to add that back into your diet? Like, you know, really looking at planning ahead, like, okay, I'm going to have a piece of cake at this party. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have, we've talked about this um, in previous episodes. And I know, Mary, you have a worksheet for this, like, like for planning, mm -hmm. planning ahead, like a food or a drink that you want to have. Um, so really planning ahead for that as well, because <laughs> I know I've had this experience. And I think, Mary, you have too. like, you know, like your first paleo challenge. You took like all the sugar out and then day 30 comes and you're like, well, probably even before that, like day 25, you're like, Ooh, I'm going to have some ice cream, you know, like you're planning like your sugar binge, right? On, you know, day 31. <laughs> so, and we don't want that to happen to you. It's not to like eliminate for a month and then binge on it. Um, it's to eliminate it, like figure out why you crave it and figure out ways to, you know, pretty much handle your emotions other than food. Mm -hmm. And then how do you eat just one piece of cake? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Cause that's a skill too. Yeah. And this is another reason to, you know, we always talk about knowing why you're doing these things, right? Are mm -hmm. you doing this because you want to like lose weight for 30 days and then binge eat sugar? Or are you trying to figure out how to be a healthy person? And when we say healthy, we don't always just mean like, vegetables, right? Like mental health yeah. is super important. Why are you, right? why bother? <laughs> yeah. Why do this? Why bother taking sugar out of your diet? Right. If, if you are just using it to torture yourself, don't do it. Right. No, just eat sugar. If like, if you don't have a good reason. Mm -hmm. um, and then step four is to, you know, learn how to process your emotions without food. And this is, you know, no matter what approach you choose, you need to learn how to allow and process your emotions without using food. Mm -hmm. This will be a game changer, my friend. And, you know, if you need support and on any of this, like if you need support, hire a coach to help you through the process. 
And I know that Mary and I have a unique way of identifying and processing our emotions, you know, that has changed my life and probably has changed your life too, Mary. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to teach it to all of you. Yeah. (laughs) Come find us. Yeah. (laughs) And then step five is to be kind to yourself. Always be kind to yourself when going through changes. Coming from a place of shame and hatred will not serve you. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned before, pretend you're talking to your friend or your best friend when you talk to yourself about food you ate. Yeah. So if you ate something you didn't have planned, you know, look at it, look at it from a place of curiosity instead of being like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You, you know, you always fail diets. You can never do it. Blah, 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 blah. Like be like, hey, I wonder why I ate so many cookies last night. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what was going on? Like, oh, you know, I had a really stressful day at work. Mm-hmm. I, I was just super stressed. and I wasn't just, you know, allowing that stress to be there. I didn't decompress, you know. You can really, really be curious and almost like an investigator. Absolutely. You know, even just listening to you, to you say those things, like mm-hmm. I can feel the difference when you were like beating yourself up versus like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, this is just a problem to be solved. No yeah. Yeah. And there's like no emotion attached to it. Like, okay, I yeah. ate five cookies and yeah, it's like, okay, I'm stressed out. Okay. okay. What about <laughs> next time? Yeah. Next time I'll de-stress. I'll Maybe de-stress. I'll try that. Yeah. I'll have, you know, a good conversation with my husband or yeah. I'll lay on my bed and just let the stress mm-hmm. ease out of my body. Love it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Kisa. That's it. That's all I have for you. That's excellent. And you know, like I said, I want to just give you information and then you can make that decision. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, different situations call for different, different variety of ways, right? Sometimes oh, for sure. it's good and sometimes pulling the bandaid is. Yeah, <laughs> the right for way. sure. For Both sure. Awesome. Thanks, Kisa. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, friends. That's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for being awesome as always and listening in and tune into our next episode where we're going to talk about the point of mindfulness. Why should we be mindful and what's it all about? And I love talking about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. This will be fun. If you'd like to know more about us, if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. You can contact me at my website at www.maryelisepreston.com or Kisa at her website at www.kisaamaro.com. And as always, we have in the show notes links to all of these things. Yeah. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. And if you enjoy the show... Leave us a review on iTunes. We would love it. Go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Super helpful. And we might just read your review on the next podcast. Sweet. Woohoo. <laughs> Bye, friends. We'll see Bye. you next time. <laughs>